We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ready! <laughs> Buffalo Bills game day on the Buffalo Bills radio network. All right, here we go, here we go. We got to have a drive. 23 left. 23 It's time for the post-game show with Shope and the Bulldog. Hey, everybody. It's over. Cincinnati wins it 27-10. Mike Shope and the Bulldog. First question. 10? 10? 10? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was um that was a domination is, is what that was. Uh maybe abomination uh will will work too, but if it was an abomination it's because it was a domination. I Look, you know I love stories uh more than most people. And this Bills team, this Bills season, seemed like a story that maybe if it were written by someone in Hollywood, you'd have a hard time believing it. it, it you know, if they had fulfilled what some people thought was their destiny, uh, to like take all of that and respond to it positively and rise to the occasion with their level of play for the whole community and just have this storybook finish. And man, um, it's it's hard to it's hard to keep pace with your destiny when you get punched in the mouth over and over again. And man, Cincinnati did some punching in the mouth today. We'll have a lot to talk about tonight and all spring and summer. Right now, live to the locker room, brought to you by Buffalo Laborers Local Two Ten. Here's Josh Allen. Dawn throughout the throughout the game. That's you can't win football games that way. Um, I mean, they got they got some good players on that team, so again, credit to those guys. Josh, can you describe just the last three and a half or so weeks the emotions like you know, obviously a pretty tumultuous time with trying to win football games with Lamar and, and whatnot. What what has if you reflect on it? Yeah, well, I'm I'm proud of our guys how we handled um, situations throughout the year. Um, you know, we could have made a lot of excuses throughout throughout the year of what was going on going on, but guys continued to fight. Um, you know, we we wanted to win this one. We want to win them all. Um, those guys played better today. Uh, they buzzed me down from up top. I know it was uh, early in the game, but falling down 14 nothing. How much of a, how much tougher did it become getting into a hole like that so quick? Yeah, playing playing from behind is never fun. Um, but we had our opportunity to make it a one-score game before half, and uh, didn't take advantage of that. Um, didn't score a touchdown. At, you know that first drive in the second half, we only got three. And against teams like this, with a quarterback like that, you're gonna have to score six and seven. So. Um, we didn't do a good job enough, a good enough job of that tonight. Josh, did it feel like they had a pulse on what you guys were doing offensively those first couple of possessions to start the game off? <clears throat> um, again, they had, a, they had a good game plan. We 
we, we were expecting their best punch, and they came out and they punched us. Did the snow affect what you guys were able to do? No, not at all. Steph looked really frustrated. Obviously, y'all aren't. But what went into just not finding any success within this game? Again, I'll, I'll get a better grasp of that after watching this. Um, fortunately, it's our last one, so it is what it is at this point. They grabbed a shot of him. Uh, you were on the bench, and he was speaking. He had his arms spread, and then we just saw him leave the locker room early. Can you shed you know, any light or insight into what he was trying to express to you? Uh, he's a fiery competitor. He wants the ball. And uh, whatever it was that we couldn't get him the ball tonight, um, you know, we're going to have to learn from. At some point in time, Josh, were you comfortable with some of the calls that was being played? I'm never in a question, a call. Josh, obviously last year ended a disappointment. What, what are you feeling right now to not be able to get past the same round again? Uh, again, disappointment. You, you play to win. Um, our goal is to win a, a Super Bowl, a World Championship, and we didn't accomplish that. So everything that happened this season is kind of null and void in our minds, and um, it sucks. Your first year with Ken Dorsey as offensive coordinator, I know it's kind of too early to look back on it all, but if you could reflect on your relationship with him throughout the season and how it developed. Yeah, again, just uh, the trust aspect of you know what he's calling, trying to be an extension of him. Um, you know, I think statistically we're eerily similar or if not better than what we were last year. Um, so, again, to come in and to have some of that same groove, um, you know, you can continue to build on that. And, uh, yeah. Josh. Thanks, Josh. One more. Um, obviously, Jamar was with you guys tonight. Was there anything specifically that stood out to you that he told you guys either before the game or at halftime? No, just his presence is a, is a warm feeling, and obviously we we wanted to play for him and um, continue our, our mission. And again, we just ran into a team that played better than us tonight. Thank you, guys. Josh Allen live. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here. The Bill season is over. Cincinnati wins convincingly, twenty-seven ten. Bengals Chiefs in Kansas City next week for the AFC Championship. Three years in a row here now where it could have been their year. They were good enough to do it, but didn't. It turns out none of these years was the Bills' year. If that's even really how I'd want to put it, right? Like, it's not fate. You have to, you have to do it. Right. And last year's, this offseason will sound different than last year's. Last year's, not that it was a fluke how they lost in Kansas City, but why did that happen? What are we doing? What about and then the coin toss, right? That became part of it. And, you know, all year, even since like right that night, the Bills have looked and felt like a team that, you know, you'd want to be. And I would have said that and kind of did all year this year until right now. <laughs> and right, right now, they just lost at home to a team that did not get the respect that the Bills get. And that's that's gonna Changed that, right that now. Sh- that should have changed, by maybe by halftime. Um, I mean, full, full. I mean, the Bengals came in here and beat the Bills at home in the playoffs in the snow, easily. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was never, it was never close, really. Um, I mean, it certainly was Cincinnati's game right from the start, 
um, what you know, whatever you know, however long it took for them to to get a two score lead, um, which was two drives basically, and the Bills battled back and you know got their touchdown, but that was it. Um, yeah, I, I think it is going to be. You know, thinking about last year to this year, like, of course, every year is different. Last year, a big change um, to their coaching staff was necessitated by someone getting a job. You know, Brian Dable got promoted. Uh, he left as offense coordinator to go be the head coach of the Giants. Um, I, I I don't think anybody involved with this coaching staff did themselves any favors on the job market, if that's a not too flippant a way to say it mm-hmm. with what happened today um so the question will be whether they want to make changes because they feel they need to do something different on either side of the ball um I, you know I, I i thought going in i think we even touched on this at some point during the week that the hardest thing to do when you're as close as we all are and i don't just mean you and me in the media i mean the fans everyone uh when, when your team suffers a, a really disappointing defeat uh, is to sort of not overreact and not make rash judgments. Um, and, you know, depending on the kind of game you lose, that, you know, that can help guide you. This game feels like a game where everything should be discussed because they just got, they got dominated by a team that I think most observers, at least most of the season, if not even right up to today, thought they were better than. We talked all the time about the spread, like they were five-and-a-half, six-point favorites, and I always thought that was a good sign for the Bills because it just seemed to everybody that I talked to and heard from, like, what, really six? Like, we had collectively at least that much respect for Cincinnati. You know, what what gives? Why are the Bills such a, you know, solid favorite? Not huge, but more than a field goal. And, um, you know, those questions are still fair questions because Cincinnati was much the better team today. We've heard from Josh Allen. Eventually, we'll hear from Sean McDermott. We do not know when. We never know when. His press conference will be brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at northtownauto.com. The Skyworks stats of the game. Skyworks Equipment Rental, Building America from the ground up. Visit skyworksllc.com. It's relatively modest looking in terms of the Bengals. Burrow, 23 for 36, 242. Two touchdown passes. He ran for 31 yards. Joe Mixon, 20 for 105 at a touchdown. P. Ryan, 7 for 33. Right from the start, the Bengals looked really capable on the ground. This idea that they would be in tatters up front with their injuries, the the absolute opposite happened in this game. And again, the Bills go home with a pass rush that didn't get it done. And not, not that there have been many complaints. It's not like we all agree, but... Just the drafting, they have been so obsessed with blue-chip defensive linemen. Those guys, some of those guys all had their moments this year, especially before Von Miller's injury. But that pressure rate came way down after Miller against lesser teams than the Bengals, too, like against everybody. And so here we are again, kind of like two years ago, maybe, Bulldog, where you know it was the, the game you needed to win and you couldn't really touch... Burrow, and the opposite happened for Allen. I mean, he doesn't want to say it. Of course, these guys are going to ask him about play call. Did you think they knew what you were going to run and all this? He's not going to say anything about all that because he kind of he's smart enough to know any answer he gives is going to make a teammate look bad or a coach look bad, and he knows not to do that. But they could not block those guys up front. Second series of the game, 
uh, Dawkins gets beat one on one on a three man rush. Just, just you know, and I know it's like it's one play, but like you, you want you want to look at an example of how you lose a game. Here's a team that's you know not aggressive, sort of like you are on defense. We talked about this during the week. They, you know, they'll sit back, three man rush, and your best guy on your offensive line gets beat around the edge, and just like that kills the drive. That's a possession, and that helped lead to you know the Bills never being able to really catch up. Right. I was thinking, I don't know, is this ridiculous? I was thinking, like, right from the beginning of this game, the way the Bengals were executing, that the Bengals might have had better shoes than the Bills. The field's all snowy, and, like, they just had the edge in every way. Receivers getting open, line versus line, both sides. I mean, just, just really good. Jamar Chase, who went in the end zone 320 into this game to start the scoring, 5 for 61 and a touchdown. Hayden Hurst on the second drive. Great play call. The Bills get mixed up. Poyer and Edmonds there on that coverage. And Hurst is alone in the end zone for that one. Five for 59 and a touchdown. Sabaje Pirine also caught five passes. For the Bills, Josh Allen, 25 for 42, 265. A late interception. He runs for the Bills' only touchdown in this game. I mean, you saw early. I thought it's it's both... You want to see it because it's such a weapon for the Bills, and often they don't use it as much, as least I would like. But it's also a little bit of a bad sign when you see Allen running a lot. Like, this is this is what they've got, and we need this today. <laughs> we need this today. And that was, I mean, he ran on second down on that series and then third down for the touchdown. Uh, Singletary, 6 for 24. Cook for 5, 13. 5 for 13, rather. Season ends, and again, we're at... Yep. You know, Naheem Hines doesn't get a, a carry on offense, or um, I guess he had one catch, but didn't, yeah, didn't catch. ever factor into the In offense really. entirely, yeah. Right. How about this for one team stat for you? 30 first downs for the Bengals. Huge. Game. And and really, like you said it at the outset of, of running all that down, like the stats for Burrow, pretty modest. You know, if the Bills had been able to keep up at all, maybe Burrow goes for 450 in this game because the Bills really could not stop them. And what kept the, the maybe the Bengals' offense from doing a lot more was just the score. You know, like if the Bills had made this competitive, maybe the Bengals would have had you know close to what the Bills had against the Patriots last year in the wild card round, which is just like you can't stop us. Uh, but the Bills on offense obviously could not mount that kind of a challenge today at all. I mean, they just. Up, I mean, geez, up front, they just got killed on both sides. Really, really a disappointing outcome. I mean, um, just, just, uh, just outplayed everywhere. You know, like Bengals have got, you know, it looks like smart concepts, open guys, right, leading coverage away from the guy that's going to get the ball, and the Bills very rarely this year. And certainly today could not find those plays. They just weren't. There's no nothing looked easy at all for them on offense. And even Allen's running not on designed plays like I think you were talking about earlier. But even when he when he wanted to get out of there, mm-hmm. man, every time. But before you could even say here we go, you could even like finish the here we go thought like like positively. I mean, not negatively. Like okay, here someone was there. Like they just closed down on him so fast. Like times you thought there was going to be room for him to get somewhere they just did a really good job of i think not over pursuing him in the pocket and and just being ready to step into lanes when he tried to run 
Bills on offense, as always, this is the case. It's plays, but it's also players. We saw them go into the past, into their past, for John Brown and Cole Beasley. Like, okay, you mean if you feel like you've got to do it, doesn't really cost anything, go ahead. But not a good sign. And weapons will be a big word this year because all that drafting toward defense and here we are. I mean, it's digs and then what? Davis, a huge drop in this game, two for 34. Knox leads the way, five for 65. Diggs, four, four, four for 35. And we'll see how much of a story this becomes. But Diggs and Allen pointing at each other. We saw plenty of that in the second half this year. The, the honeymoon might be over there. Um, I'm not going to race with that because I don't know if it is, but there was definitely frustration uh, from both men in this yeah, game. What TV showed of Diggs, and this came up during the, the news conference with Allen that we just aired, um, Diggs was standing, you know, I don't know what, five, ten feet in front of Allen, gesturing at him, and Allen never looked up. No. Nope. At, least, at least what they showed on TV. I don't know how much longer that I don't know, is that a confrontation? Whatever. I don't know how much longer that scene went on for, but what we saw on TV looked like Allen trying to ignore it. For, or for, not being aware of it. He, he couldn't have not been aware of it, right? Like He couldn't right, have not heard him. Not. Probably yeah. not. Digs four for 35. The Bills go down 27 to 10. As we continue, we'll be taking your phone calls as always. 716-803-0550. Again, we're still waiting for Sean McDermott as well. Let's take our first break. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here. This is the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Allen going to try to surge over the left side, and he's in for the touchdown. And there's some extracurricular after the play as well. Allen is heated as Jesse Bates tried to strip the ball after he was already in the end zone. Turn up the heat. It's 14-6. Our eye on the QB. Brought to you by Great Lakes Building Systems. We keep an eye on your business so you don't have to. Great Lakes Building Systems, our business is protecting your business. That, as it turned out, was the only Bills touchdown on the day. A Josh Allen rush that made the score, as you heard Chris Brown say right there. 14-7 once they kicked the extra point. We already gave you all the stats on Allen just quickly. 25-42, 265 passing, one pick late. 8 for 26 rushing and that touchdown. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog, it's over for the Bills, losing today to Cincinnati in the divisional round, 27-10. Let's get to your calls as we await Sean McDermott. Apologies in advance. If he starts talking, we just got to go right there. So don't uh, take it personally if we end up cutting you off that way. We can cut you off other ways, and maybe, you know, that, that'll happen. I don't know if I want to apologize in advance for that. Mm, I don't. The f- <laughs> there It is written. The first response from the fans brought to you by ServePro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy. ServePro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy is first and faster to any size disaster. Visit TeamLuzzy.com. Kevin is on the air. Hi, Kevin. So, Bulldog, what's going on? Great season, not a great game today. But you know what I was thinking watch after this game was over? I'm sitting there thinking, there's a, there's a movie. Remember in that scene in the movie, uh, Revenge of the Nerds, where the coach is up when they're talking to his guys, and he says, you just got your butts kicked by a bunch of goddamn bingles. They beat the flames out of us all. Offense, defense, every facet of the game. I'm like, are you kidding? I'm like, which Buffalo team am I watching? It was ridiculous. I thought we... We put, we're hollering Super Bowl this, Super Bowl that. Man, not, not after today. But I'm seriously thinking, man, we, we got some changes to make. 
in that organization, man, and in that offense, man. You got it. It was it was it was crazy. I mean, what did you guys see that? I guess sixty thousand, maybe half of America didn't see. We didn't show up. That's what you saw. I don't get it. Well, it was not. Um, this is. I don't. I don't like saying this already. Or I haven't even said it yet. It's not a great matchup for them, the Bengals. I feel like I'm going to say this about a thousand times going forward here, while still reserving the right to process it and you know analyze it. But today didn't determine that the Bills weren't really good. I mean, we know they were really good. There were questions about them, and some of today was on sort of in those categories, and other other things about today wasn't like just not being able to score like that today. Offensive line, just the offense overall, that was not expected at least by most. But um, what they'll do, changes in that, whether that's coaching or, I mean, there'll definitely be roster changes. There has to be. And some of that's not even what you want necessarily. Guys going to free agency. Right. Um, The big one for me is going to be receiver. It has been like every year. You can't be too rich at that position. And this year we saw them even say it about themselves, going going to Brown and going to Beasley. They just didn't have it. And – I mean, I think they're largely at fault for that. They haven't invested in the draft at that position. They let Hodgins go, and Hodgins immediately became relevant for the Giants. And they kept, who, Jake Kumaro instead. Any other, like, sort of different position player, if you want, instead. Shakir seemed to flash early and when he was needed late, also even today, but for most of the year he couldn't get a uniform. Like, he was irrelevant. So I don't know. I mean, they might have blown it at receiver, but they've got to get one or two other guys here. I mean, Diggs is older. I don't know if he – I'm not saying he'll necessarily regress next year, but that's going to happen eventually. And after Diggs, they're just not much. No, and look, I, I've sort of fended off, um, you know, whether whether it was directly people uh, after the design of the offense, just because there's so much that we don't know uh, in that area that, that it's never my first thing to go to. It's not an area of criticism I feel real confident in. Um, and, and, I, and I feel like, you know, people sort of knee-jerk to it right away. And I, I, I'm sort of – got to push me to get there. Well, today pushed me to get there. I, I sort of waited all year for them to sort of get back to – Quick hitting underneath passing, especially with a team that is going to drop into coverage. And, you know, we saw glimpses of it here, there as the year went on. And whenever I would say they're waiting, they've got something and they're going to wait until they really need it. It was with that, that part of their offense in mind. And they needed it today. They could not block to allow for stuff downfield to develop for them. And it was obvious right from the start of the game. And that just never materialized again today. And they desperately needed something in in that way. And it just never was there. And so, like, I'm – that's why I'm, I'm sort of – it takes a particularly brutal result sometimes to push – more conservative observers, but like I guess I consider myself that that's not <laughs> ridiculous to say. I'm on the radio. I'm supposed to be the guy overreacting. I think, um, but I, I'm, I'm I'm I really would like to see some in-depth study of what they have design-wise and why it wasn't there. Like what what 
why did they not find a way to to do some of what the Bengals did on offense today? The ball got out of there. Like it didn't even really matter who was playing offensive line. Mike, you could have been playing left guard for the Bengals. The ball's out of there in two seconds. You you you, 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 you get turnstiles. It doesn't matter. The ball's gone. Well, I think maybe you're sort of implying this that it's more pass protection that you think of. I mean, passing is the name of the game in this league. And so your your two starting tackles are out and the guard for Cincinnati. And, okay, can can they get to Burrow? That's how we always framed that conversation is, can you get to Burrow? But they were able to push. I mean, running the ball was kind of easy for Cincinnati. Yep. And I think maybe that's sort of an equalizer. That's what I mean by the matchup. Like, the Allen can say that the weather didn't matter. That's also something, of course, he's going to say. But if you want to play the way the Bengals did, this is the kind of the, the conditions for you. And, you know, what, half of Bill's Twitter is, where's our roof on the new stadium today? <laughs> we know that the Bills are not exactly that team that, want, you know, that you want to have a snow game for, for what, how they play and, and who they are. So that didn't fall right for them. But, I mean, Allen missed some, too. What plays come to mind from the Bills offensively in this game when he had time or when he got out? Deep to Diggs was so far First out drive. of bounds, he's running over into oh. a cameraman. Like, yeah. knocks on the left in the end zone, it's over his head. Like, there were there were misses, too. I think they were all just stressed all day. The Bengals yeah. did that to them. And so um, that's what you got. I mean, you got yeah. very poor execution yeah sorry i jumped you there like those were good examples of missed throws the first drive ended with allen like yes there was pressure eventually but he had enough time to deliver a ball to Diggs, who was open and he just he missed it by five yards over his head that's probably a touchdown yeah. If Diggs can run under it, it's probably a so, touchdown. So, you know, that that's that's the kind of thing. Like, those misses sometimes mitigate my willingness to critique the play calling because, like, there, there's a, like, that's not Ken Dorsey's fault. Like, that that's an that's your best guy open, and it's not, like, it, it's, a, it's a really good throw, but it's not a particularly – it's not one of those throws you go, like, oh, only one guy in the league can make that throw. It's a throw, and your guy missed it. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of other structural things that I think went wrong for them today that push me beyond just like, you know, my quarterback missed an easy throw. I mean, they scored 10 points, for God's sakes. A lot went wrong. Right after that play, you have Diggs gesturing to Allen, you know, put the ball. I don't know if he knows or even cares if Allen's under pressure there, but, like, right, first, third play of the game, here's Diggs with the, you see it, you see it, and he's been great, but, I don't know, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> you want to... Right think that these two guys are going to work it out and this season ends that's right season with questions about where they're at the, the media are saying that Diggs was like gone as soon as this game ended like just right. gone. I thought I heard someone ask Allen a question that that said Diggs left the locker room quickly yeah yeah and Allen didn't you know really yeah. take that one either uh let's go to Chris next hi Chris hey guys how are you terrible, okay Chris I am terrible yeah. Thank uh, thanks for taking my call. I actually had a long ride home to uh, decompress a little bit. Well, oh. I guess uh, my point would be, uh, I guess what really kind of grinds my gears a little bit is, if you look back, the only vision I have of last year is the infamous photo of Diggs, right when we lose with 14 seconds left against Kansas City. That image is just painted into my brain. And, you know, coming in today, I was like, oh, that's enough fire to, you know, fire up the team and get everyone motivated enough. 
add in some other things that happened in Buffalo this year. Uh, the storm moving the game, the other storm that took some lives in Buffalo, you know, the tops um, incident and everything like that. I just thought the lack of fire was very noticeable out there today. I didn't see anyone fired up out there, nothing on the sideline, nothing, you know, on the bench, nothing within the game that drove me to believe that the Bills were going to win today. I think it showed, and I think we played like that. So it's kind of getting your thoughts on um, – what you guys thought and saw out there with the lack of motivation. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, I would be completely the opposite as of of you on that. I mean, this what happens in sports is when one team gets up like that, they look like they're the team that is more energized and just happier and more confident. Like that that's what happened. You have to if you're losing, you have to manufacture that. It's harder. But I, I just cannot bring myself to say that the Bills were not motivated for this game. It's constantly used as a criticism of every team that loses, uh, but it just doesn't work like that. It's not a straight line. It just would be incredible to me. Why would they not be motivated for this game? <laughs> just why? Like, you, they, they got down, it got harder. It was clear early, both offense and defense, that they were in tough. And I think when you recognize that, you realize that as an athlete, that's what it looks like, is just... You're just you're just battling to hang in there and to stay in the game. If they'd caught up, I bet they look, would have looked pretty pretty psyched. Right. Yeah. I mean, they they really they needed they needed some sort of a lightning strike, right? And you know that that can come in the form of um, you know the, the offensive coach dialing up an easy pitch and catch that gets you a big gain. Uh, that could come in the form of a turnover, a defensive score, like something to jolt them into like like we're 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 in this. They were getting their asses kicked on both sides of the line of scrimmage right from the drop. It it. it I, I don't think that's motivation. I mean, I I just think they 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 got they got manhandled, and that happens. Uh, and all the spirit you want in the world um, sometimes isn't going to change it. I mean, I I, I want to give Cincinnati a lot of credit. Um, this was a very good Bills team, and they may were made to look really inferior today by the Bengals. And we've spent almost you know more than a year. You know, right? The Bills lost. It's a, a year tomorrow that they lost in Kansas mm-hmm. City on 13 seconds. And mm-hmm. we, we, we talked like the Bengals coming here in the championship game. I mean, come on, of course, we'll, we'll roll that and go win the Super Bowl and, you know, look out, no one's stopping us. Um, and we talked that way about the Bengals a lot of the year, not everyone, but a lot of us. And here we are. And they came in here and shut everybody up. Man, you're right. Last year gets rewritten by today, too. You know, that's right. Yeah, because I mean, just like everybody was, is was it's it's was <laughs> like just so sure that the Bengals never would have won here. I was that way. Just I mean, it's not never, but you yeah. little, you loved your chances. I was at a party when the Bengals beat Tennessee last year, and the place just erupted. I mean, and and how good was even Tennessee? Like, right. So so um, so right there. But yeah, last year gets rewritten by today too. Who's to say? that the Bills would have won that game. doesn't matter. I did not and would not just, like, broadly blame a team just the idea that they weren't ready to play or motivated to play or anything like that, like, ever. 
I did think it was really notable how loud the Bengals fans came across today. Did you like? Yeah. Where where did they where did they come from? Like hearing them chanting "Who Day" in this stadium in the snow is not. It's like it's like it's like the bizarro backwards world version of Belichick throwing the phone. Like you're just watching, going, "What is even happening here?" These people are chanting, and we we go to your house and chant. Right, that's how it works. That, that, that's our that's our thing. What what? Where were we today? Yeah. Do we sell all our tickets to pay for flights to Atlanta? I mean, what? Where were we today? I know there were a lot of you there, but just the if you if you were at the game and didn't know it, the, well, you probably heard them and maybe thought the same thing on TV right right early. T yep. Higgins makes a catch in the first quarter, and you hear T like what? But they showed up. Let's go to Xavier next. Hi, Xavier. Hi, how you doing? Or not, I mean, not... It's a, dude, it's doing, fine. Don't apologize. Things. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I, I just want to... I, I completely echo your thing on the motivation. That's always, you know, post-talk rationalization, kind of things like that. Um, kind of in terms of the game itself, like, I don't know the running game that sometimes that's just like luck and stuff. Like, you know, we had that one like Miami game where they went off, but like, it's hard to attribute like, you know, how successful that would be if we played like some bunch of times. The thing that really just like really pissed me off was obviously the coaching decision again to call that timeout when on the third and 10 that, you know, you're down, you're down by two scores and you're going to waste the timeout on a play that, you end up giving up 12 yards anyways. Like, are you kidding me? And then the, the also the fourth and two, when we go to punt, like, I I, I know we're like, you know, backed up on our own, like, you know, 30 yard line, but like, doesn't matter. We, we yeah. What, what does it matter? I mean, you, you, you punt the ball and the other team drives, what, 30 yards, kicks a field goal, makes a three-possession game, and you lose anyway. Well, look, you have good points, Xavier, excuse me. You have good points. Don't, just be careful if you're trying to convince somebody this. Don't use the result in the argument. Like the fact that the Bills blew the coverage on the third and ten after the timeout, and Cincinnati still got the first down, it's a bad look. The timeout is the wrong, easy for me to say, but I've been saying this last week this came up. This team, other teams too, tend to not give the timeouts the respect they deserve. The, understand like the value in the second half, and so that plus the fact that Cincinnati drove the field on you doesn't mean anything really about whether for, you, you when it's fourth and two you have to decide before knowing that. And what gets missed in that is if you get stopped and your odds are good of getting it, it's two yards. You have Josh Allen. If you get stopped. The Bengals can't burn as much clock. They don't have as much field to cover. They're not going to go backwards. And, you know, there's no way to do that. So it's going to be like maybe two first downs. You punt it. You can't stop them. It's way more. And they took how much time on that drive. So that was bad. This is a thing again. I guess maybe it never really went away. Some wimpy kicks in this game. The field goal for 17-10 was questionable at least. Mm -hmm. That punt is questionable at least. Uh, into the first half, fourth and ten at the forty-one. They're worried. I think momentum is still like a thing that too many football people can't give it up. That's still a thing, and it's like a field position thing. Or it's it's if we get stopped here on fourth and ten at the forty-one, since he can score, and we have to prevent it. The way you got to win is to put the pedal down and keep going offensively, and all that kind of stuff. It all kind of falls into one bucket. 
where you're just playing for field. You're playing not to lose is what it is. And so all those, none was like the worst coaching decision of all time. But they're all the same in that you're just kind of, let's just give the Bengals the ball and see if we can stop them. They never did. And your team needed your team needed points. That, that they needed to be different today. And I'm not saying that because of the result. I, I don't know that we'd be talking about it if the Bills had won. But it's still <laughs> right, it, it, right. you have that moment to decide. You can't use what you think might happen next or what did happen next. Actually, is what we're talking about here uh, against the coach. Speaking of the coach, here he is, Sean McDermott. Room uh, said he felt like the team lacked energy. Given what was at stake, how do you how do you think? Something like that is allowed to happen. Yeah, I just think overall, um, you know, we, you know, when you when you get into a rhythm, they, they got into a rhythm pretty quickly offensively, and, and we had a hard time getting them out of that rhythm. And then when you're on the field, um, and then offensively when you're not on the field and extending drives, it can affect the the energy a little bit. But I thought the guys came out with with the proper amount of energy. But when they're when they're in a rhythm offensively and you can't get off the field, that that's, that can tend to, to, to zap your energy a little bit. Um, but um, I thought the guys, I thought the guys' effort was there. We just we didn't do do enough to win. How would you evaluate the line of scrimmage overall today? Yeah, you know, when you, you've heard me talk about this before, if you want to if you want to win games on a consistent basis, that's where the game starts. It's, it's there and it's at the quarterback position, and, and we didn't do enough. Uh, I would say overall at the line of scrimmage tonight, give the Bengals credit. Um, um, but uh, you probably saw what I saw. Hey, Sean, this, this, these players embrace the expectations coming into the season throughout the season, but the end with this kind of result, what was sort of your message to them? Uh, keep their head up. You know, this is a tough league, and it's a tough business that way, and you learn from things like this. Um, I'm, I'm proud of them, even though this, this hurts. I'm proud of them in the way they handled themselves with class this year and, and, the, uh, and, and the ups and downs and the adversity that, that they faced. Um, and I think they'll they'll take that with them, um, but for right now, um, you know this stings, and uh, I wish wish it was a different result. Coach, there seemed to be like some unsure footing due to the conditions. Did your players on defense, in particular, feel they had to play more conservative at times because of the unsure nature of? Yeah, no, was, yeah, no excuses, Chris. This, uh, they beat us, um, and give credit to them. They beat us. Um, and, and they out physical us. Coach, um, you know, Cincinnati has some good balance on during the passing game and the run game. Uh, did you feel that they had a feel for what you guys do defensively? No. Um, well, listen, I mean, everyone, we had a feel for them. It wasn't, a, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't a surprise in terms of after that first really drive and a half, I thought we adjusted, knew, knew what they were doing um, without getting into the details on it for you here. But, um, you know, we had a, had a hard time stopping it at the same time. And, you know, the challenge with that offense is you commit to stopping the run, and then they've got three really good receivers that one on one are tough one on one are tough matchups for you. So, um, you know, we, I thought we came in with a good game plan and we adjusted through it. And uh, at the end of the day, it wasn't enough. But are you uh, any concerns that the Super Bowl window might be closing after a season? No, no, no. This is a good football team, and you learn from things like this. You keep knocking on the door. Um, that's what you do. You stay, you stay steadfast in your in your focus and your approach. You, you work your tail off. Um, again, that's a good football team. We just played, and they 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 played better than we did tonight. They coached better than we did tonight. And um, you know we've got to learn from this and make the proper adjustments um, as we move forward. And um, for staying in the moment tonight, I'm not, I don't want to get any evaluations and all that type of stuff. But um, you know.
obviously disappointing the result. Sean, you know cool. that uh, Stefan is a very emotional guy. He was visibly frustrated on the sidelines. Was very quick to, to leave tonight. Where do you yeah. where do you think stayed with him right now? Well, he's a member of the Buffalo Bills. I mean, um, he's a competitive guy, and uh, that's what makes him good. Is is what you saw? Is he's very competitive, like we all are. Um, we work extremely hard at these jobs to, to, to be the best we can possibly be, and it hurts. And um, you know, I, uh, I wouldn't want a guy that it, it doesn't hurt, right? So um, he put it all on the line out there. We put it all on the line, and tonight it wasn't good enough. And uh, um, you know, that, that's the part that stings. He was like halfway out the tunnel, and I saw someone kind of bring him back in, and then I was totally left a short time late. Did you talk to him at all? Was was there some issue? After uh, I just he was in there when I addressed the team, and and uh, that's what matters most. Hey, hey Sean, what do you sense um, this means with, with with Josh Allen? Just kind of how he handles this, what he has to do to, to kind of rebound this, because I know he wanted to have a better day. Yeah, I mean we all did, um, and you know Josh, I thought did some good things, and. Like we all, we, we all want some plays back as well. So, um, you know, sometimes we're trying to do too much overall. And, and um, you know, but it's, uh, you know, we all have to grow from this. And, you know, right now, just being in the moment, this is, this is it stings, like I said. And Josh is a heck of a competitor, as you guys know. Um, but I'll take him any day of the week, man, on our football team. And um, I love how competitive he is. And, you know, these are things you've got to learn from. Uh, we have to make the adjustments, the proper adjustments we need to make so we can move this organization and continue to move it forward um, because that's the direction we're heading. Sean, all year, if you didn't win, you still found a way to make it tight. Every loss was yeah. close. Today, that didn't seem to be the case. Does it, does it matter at all? I mean, a loss in the last game, I know, we know what it means, but does it matter that you went out this way where it wasn't typical of the way you guys played? Yeah. Um, it, the short answer is no, it doesn't matter. A loss is a loss, and, and your season ends. Um, the longer answer, and it'll be a discussion for another day, is, is what, what, what happened and what we have to do to get it changed. Um, and that's part of the adjustments that I mentioned earlier, is we've got to be able to adjust um, from that as a coaching staff and, and beyond, right? So um, that's what we have to do if, if we want to continue to knock, knock at this door and move beyond. And where we were this year. I know it's probably too soon to give a detailed response, but just your impressions of the growth of the relationship between Josh Allen and Ken Dorsey this year. First time play caller with Josh. How, how did that relationship develop throughout the year, and, and do you think it was a, a productive growth process? Well, I mean, we had two new play callers, both both uh, Ken and, and Matt Smiley, our special teams coordinator. So I thought. You know, anytime you go through your first year, you're gonna you're gonna learn a lot. You're gonna learn from the the highs. You're gonna learn from the lows, and uh, it's what you do with that with those with that education as you move forward that, that that really defines who you are as a coach and and who we then become as an offense in this case or or a special teams unit uh, with with Coach Smiley. So, um, you know, those both of those two um, guys are, are are you know hard workers, and, and I know it's important to them and. Um, I thought in a lot of ways they did a really good job, and I'm sure they'll look back and find some ways that they want to improve as well. So. You have another number of key players that could not be with you next year. Uh, how, how do you navigate those conversations in the locker room over the next few days, just knowing that some of those significant players might not be around in the future? Yeah, well, those, that's, the, that's the hard part of this business. Um, you know, I love every, every person in that locker room for, for what they went through this year and, 
and how much time they put into it. I know how important it was to everyone, and it, it's been a. I know we came up short tonight, but a total team effort, and that doesn't happen. You don't get this far without that being the case. Um, you know. That being said, that's a conversation for another for another day, and um, you know we'll see where it goes. Sean, the season so unprecedented in so many ways, especially concentrated towards the end of the season. So I don't know if you you have to guess. I guess to answer this question, but. How do you sense the decompression is going to be for this team, given all the expectations and the hopes and then all of the emotions that have happened here in the last four or five weeks? Well, I mean, like I said before, you work your tail off all season long. You work in the off season um, every day as hard as you can um, to be the best that you can. And um, there's only one team, and we wanted it to be our team, and that's what hurts the most. And when you don't when you don't perform uh, up to your expectations internally, um, that hurts. And uh, you know you just. But as a competitor, you're only really left with one choice, and that is to pull your pull yourself together uh, in due time and uh, and find a way to get it done. And that's that's what we're steadfast. And that's that, that'll be the vision as we move forward here. So um, the goal hasn't changed and won't change for this organization. Um, and we got to continue to do everything we can to get there, and that's the goal. Might it be easier with the context of all the things that happened to find a little more satisfaction quicker in this offseason than in quote-unquote normal seasons of the things that you're proud of and all the things that you did accomplish? I'm most proud of the fact that the guys, the players, as young men, will take the lessons that they learn from this season and the adversity that they face. I think they'll take that with them through their lives as men. And I think that's that's what um, I think that's a that's a byproduct of the season. The goal, though, is still to to make it to and win the Super Bowl. So I'm um, just kind of staying in in buckets here. That that's that's what stings the most. And um, but the but the sport does teach you lessons as as a person, and I think they'll take that with them for sure. John, I suppose this relates to Tim's question, but Demar's presence here was an important part of the story. I know he interacted with your team in the locker room. What, what did that mean? What was said? What can you tell us about that? Yeah, just generally speaking, um, respect for for the environment in there. Um, you know, Demar's Demar was in the locker room pregame, and and uh, you know his his. Um, just him being in the locker room, his presence, I think, was good for the guys and, and also hopefully good for him. Um, and I thought it was a pretty cool moment. Um, the game wasn't trending the way we wanted it to, but when they put him on the big screen and, and uh, just a great moment, keeping perspective, of course, on where he was just a few weeks ago. Um, so super happy for him and, and thankful uh, that his health is returning. And I know he's, you know he'll continue to take it one day at a time. Hey, Sean, early on in the fourth quarter, yeah, just we had, um, without getting into the strategy, had something dialed up there. Didn't, they didn't give us the look that we wanted um, and uh, got called off So um, on the fourth down situation. So we were going to look to be, I guess, moderately aggressive right there, but didn't also want to end the game right then and there either. Down 14 felt like um, still wanted to give us a chance. Um, you know, thought we could give ourselves a chance if it didn't get called and didn't get executed, but had something dialed up there and um, just didn't get the look we were looking for. And, and then, uh, you know, um, just we just offensively weren't on the field long enough. Getting into a rhythm, uh, they affected the quarterback, and, and we didn't affect their quarterback. And I think when you look at it in simple terms, that's 
Uh, that's what the game boils down to most of the time is is when you can affect the, the opponent's quarterback and, and they can affect your quarterback. And, um, you know, I think that's uh, that's what was going on a lot tonight. You mentioned not affecting the quarterback enough. Do you feel like you just didn't get enough, especially maybe from some of those young defensive linemen that you guys have been developing the last few years? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to point it to just one deal. Um, you know, you can start with me if you want to. If you want to look anywhere, just start with me. Um, but overall, you got to be able to get pressure um, and affect the quarterback with four. And I didn't think we did enough tonight overall. And give them credit; and they they did some good things. And then flip it over to their side; they were affecting the quarterback at times with four. Um, but again, that's that's something we're going to need to look at as we move forward here. Sean, outside of a handful of plays a couple of weeks ago, this is the first time you've gotten a chance to go against Joe Burrow on the field. I know you've watched tape of him. Sure. But what did you see from him, and, and how good is he? He's a good quarterback. Um, again, to your point, you know, first real exposure to him over over a true game here, and um, he's smart, um, and uh, he got the ball out of his hands at time, and, and dumped the ball down to the to the back out of the backfield, and checked the ball down, and um, stayed, kept them on schedule. I thought that was good, and there was times where he held it and, and got the ball down the field. So. Um, they do a good job. He's extremely smart. Um, does a good job staying on schedule, and um, you know they've got some pretty good weapons around him with with those three guys in the back out of the backfield. And so um, again, give them credit. And uh, you know, we'll, again, have to continue to, to work on our, our side of things. Sean, I know you don't like to make excuses all that often, but is there anything to just the cumulative effect of exhaustion of all the things you've gone through, getting to this moment and being somewhat drained? Yeah. No. Uh, this is what we work for. I've told I told you guys that I mentioned it the last couple of weeks. I appreciate where you're coming from, that uh, that Joe. But um, this is what you work so hard for all off season, all season, to get into the playoffs and, and and to make a push and and get to the Super Bowl and win it. Um, so there's no second place trophies. Um, you do learn valuable lessons from from this experience, and uh, and you put your you put your head down and go back to work. Sean McDermott putting a wrap on the season, 27-10 Bengals. Bills go out in the second round for the second straight year. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog here. More postgame coverage still to come. Your calls at 716-803-0550. This is Buffalo Bills football. Takes the snap, back to pass, pressure coming, steps up in the pocket, tries to spin away from a tackle, but he's hauled down by Matt Milano. Finally, the Bengals are going to punt it away. The defense gets a much-needed stop. There's our electric play of the game. It's a Matt Milano sack, the only sack of the game on Joe Burrow. Bengals only sacked Allen one time. For all the pressure he was under, they only they only sacked him. They're credited with one sack in the game. Anyway, electric play of the game. Milano sack there brought to you by Town BMW for an electrifying performance. Check out Town BMW's line of EVs. That is funny, right? Like, you saw a lot of Allen running around, same as last week. But last week, Miami had seven sacks in that game. I'm not sure how much different today looked. I felt like he had a harder time back there today than he did last week. But only one sack. Kind of weird. Just, you know, as we've been saying it, and Sean McDermott did too. Like, never wants to incriminate anybody, even prefaced his answer to one question about about the D-line with, I don't want to incriminate anybody, but he did say, like, 
they got they affected whatever his word was. They affected Allen and or, or our quarterback, and we didn't affect theirs. If that was the word, I hope it was. But you know, you know what he meant. Mm-hmm. And that's just such a big takeaway from from today, uh, and from so many other big games in the NFL over the years. Just you know where we were two years ago. The Bills reacted that offseason to not getting to Patrick Mahomes with by spending their first two draft picks on edge rushers in Rousseau and Basham, and here we are two years later. I don't want to sound like they're not they're they're lousy or anything. This team has won a lot of games today. Doesn't change how good they are, but they were not good enough this afternoon. Twenty seven ten Bengals, Mike Shop and the Bulldog here. Let's go to Nick next. Hi Nick. Hey guys, how's it going? Fine, Nick. I mean, other than, Come yeah, on, Nick. no problem. Obviously, the game didn't go uh, how we really wanted it to. Um, That's correct. I'm really thinking that it was kind of stemming off of uh, the coach. Uh, really, we didn't feel. I feel like we didn't really game plan as well as we should have. Um, I mean. Everybody knows that Burrow and the Bengals were great against his own defense. Uh, we really didn't uh, escape that uh, too many times on defense today, if really at all, maybe for outside of, like, a handful of plays. Um, I feel like that really showed, but obviously not getting home to Burrow at all with their uh, banged-up offensive line missing uh, three of their starters, so... I don't know if it's something with uh, the coaching staff just not game planning like they should have, or I, I don't know. They just really didn't show up to play on either side of the ball today regardless. Okay. Thanks, Nick. Let's go to Mike next. Hi, Mike. How are you? Okay, Mike. Thank you. Uh, I got a statement, and then I'll, I got a question. I don't think Leslie Frazier is the answer on, as a defensive coordinator. And if he was, he'd be getting job interviews, and he's not. The Bills have given up so many points to the third-string quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, and this game wasn't any better. I, I think he needs to go. And I, I listened to Sean McDermott's uh, thing there. He's just sugar-coated. he got a small window, in my mind, to win the Super Bowl. And this closing, because you're not going to have this. You're going to lose Edmonds next year because he's going to command big money. You need to get people in line. And, I, you know, Dorsey going to the uh, interview with Carolina, did it take him off the mark a little bit? Maybe. I, I want to hear you guys' reaction. Thank you. Okay. I, 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 I can't pretend to know what Dorsey's level of aptitude at handling uh, something for the future while preparing for this is. So, I mean, we'd all be guessing. Um, I, 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 I think that um, – the, the, this team is maybe um, looking at the, uh, there's going to be personnel changes, and I don't know that it'll it'll end there. I, I think everything should be considered as far as like coordinators. I mean, I, I I'm I'm not here to stump for McDermott being in trouble here. Um, but with that said, the window it's not closed. It shouldn't ever close when you've got that quarterback. But the supporting cast is going to be harder to maintain. It just is. Allen's contract kicks in hard. And so the window for, I think, Poyer, Hyde, Edmonds, Milano, like this group, 
I, I mean, I, I can't imagine you're going to see this team intact next year. That's so, probably about over. Yeah, I, I think the window for that group is closing or is closed. So I don't know how you want to react to that. If you want to make big changes philosophically to your defense, I mean, um, or your offense, but I, 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 I think everything should be on the table because I, I think a lot of people, myself included, were sort of waiting all year for this offense to present itself as what we saw a lot of with Dayball, which were like these easy throws, like schemed guys open. And if that were happening this year, then you've got a quarterback problem because Allen just did not utilize that. If it wasn't happening, I've got a design problem and probably a coordinator problem because that you need those plays to be able to lean on when, you know, when, well, when nothing seems to be working. Um, and especially the quick hit pass game just didn't exist. They couldn't protect today. They, they couldn't seem to counter that in any way with any kind of, you know, get it out of there fast type game. This really didn't have any answers. And for the crowd that all year has been saying, it seems like their offensive plan is just to have Josh Allen fix everything. I mean, I think you gained a lot of, a lot of momentum today because that's kind of what their offense looked like today was well maybe he can do maybe he can do something instead of helping him do something easy um and it just didn't seem like there were a lot of answers there this year i know statistically you know he and the offense generally it mirrors what what has been happening here so it's not like they fell off a cliff they still had the second most points per game in the league this year and yards per total yards yeah so they i mean they they produced but what do I what, when I'm faced with some adversity in the form of you know I can't seem to block anyone? Like that's a tough place to start. Like if that's your walking off point is my offense didn't have answers because I couldn't block. Well, you know you probably need to address the couldn't block part before you really attack you know the schematics of the thing. But, but all that said, I I think there were just certain elements of this offense that were lacking all year. I never wanted to make a big case out of it because I sort of, I guess I wanted to believe that when they needed it, they would call on it. And I don't know, they lost the number. Or they just didn't ever have it. You started on defense there just quickly. Tredavious White might be interesting, too. We know how emotional he was with Hamlin. That was a lot of guys. But... He really opened up about how difficult it was. We we also had Trey White questioning his future in the league when COVID hit. Like he he wasn't a sure thing to play that season, and I don't know. Like he might not have been his best this game. He had a couple of pass interference penalties. Cincinnati's corners became a story. This Hilton, Eli Apple, they're making plays. Taylor Britt with the pick. The the Bills were down. I mean, they lost Jackson in this game too, and they've been it's had a lot of injury stuff to deal with this year in the secondary then white and poyer in that awful collision toward the end of the game white was back in i don't know like he's here but i wonder yeah. where his head is at as this season ends a tough one sorry if i, if I my my sighing interrupted the point you were making there this, the dallas kicker just had an extra point block yes i know uh so <laughs> dallas six san francisco three another dalton schultz touchdown 
for the Cowboys and Maher with this extra point drama is incredible. Oh my god! It might have been good, but it was blocked. So yeah, right. Hard to I, know. Mean, I don't know. Might have been in. Yeah, might have been between the uprights, but it didn't get there. Yeah, he's like, geez, finally oh. I hit one, and this happens. Six three Cowboys. I think second quarter in San Francisco, winner to Philadelphia. Mike Shope and the Bulldog back with more post game conversation after this. This is Buffalo Bills football. That'll do it as Burrow takes a knee. The remaining 30 seconds will run off the clock as the Bills can't stop it. An impressive divisional playoff road victory for the Cincinnati Bengals as Zach Taylor and his Bengals team are on to the AFC Championship game. They'll be playing the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead in Kansas City. And for the Bills, Eric, their first home playoff loss since 1996 and just their second home playoff loss call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game you have 47 new voicemails Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In their last 15 games. Our difference maker of the game today is Joe Mixon, 20 carries, 105 yards, and one touchdown. That is brought to you by Independent Health. At Independent Health, you'll find more than 1,000 Western New Yorkers who are big fans of this community and big fans of the Bills, of course. Independent Health, well beyond insurance. Learn more at redshirttreatment.com. 
What was up with Mixon getting this award? Like, Samaj P. Ryan wouldn't have gone 20 for 105 if he had gotten 20 carries instead of seven. Burrow. Come on, he was great. It's not my call, Mike. He was great. I know. Te- text your buddy Eric Wood. I know. Number. It's not my not my decision to make. I know, but you always like, is that okay? Can we, the guys in the booth, like, is this, you know, sort of jokingly, is this okay if we name him the player? Of course it's okay. Uh, today, it's not okay. Burrow, he was great. Like the first drive, we started nine for nine, 109, and two touchdowns or something. Yeah. And he, okay, like the Bills didn't give him a terrible time, but he didn't have forever. It was quick, decisive, varied, different guys. I mean, the the touchdown to Chase is not – he has to be mobile there. He does a good job, as people know about Burrow, of, you know, he's not fast, but is able to get out of spots. The coach, Taylor, looked just like elated by the second touchdown. The read he makes to go to Hurst there, who's alone – in yeah. the end zone. Yeah, like I don't three, know. Three guys converged on the back in the flat there, I think. Yeah. Or at least took a step. Converge might be strong, but whatever. They got they got they got hooked. And that left that left the other guy all by himself. Really, you know, you were you were going on there when we were we were last speaking and just like defensively, this team could look very different uh next year. You're right. Offensively, they better add weapons. I mean, we've seen them win week after week, but how many guys would you consider weapons on the Bills offense? Diggs, and then yeah, you're, some. You're, you're, sometimes you're Davis, sometimes yeah, Davis, but I, it's their own fault. This this fixation all year with getting running backs in here. This is the time to make this point. I'm joking about like, of course, Joe Mixon is replaceable. It's it's Burrow. The the, the Bills fixation with McK- um, Washington McKissick. I almost said McKinnon. It's been a while. McK- McKissick. And then James Cook, and then Naheem Hines. Although I guess maybe that's just special teams. Like, okay, what did it amount to? What, what did it amount to? P. Ryan could be Mixon. Singletary could be James Cook. Like, what's the difference? Nobody. Nothing really happened there. And all the while, like, geez, I mean, then Hodgins gets away. Where is the sort of? Come on, you guys. Receiver is where it's at. And in the, in the end, they're going to Beasley and John Brown to try to bail him out. That's not shocking that they, you know, didn't didn't smash. You know, it's just this has got to be the year. It's been interesting to talk about. They win all the time. What is it? It's just something to say. But they still have been so good. But this, they stall out. I mean, yeah, they're like, stalling out, and the, that time requires, to do something about this. Yeah, that's why you know I I started you know right away here with I think everything everything has to be on the table here, um because you're you're. The roster's going to change. You might not have the talent advantage that maybe you've had, and you're going to need to find an edge somewhere else. And, you know, I don't want to – I I never want to overreact to one game. But you've had, you know, in in three three years running, in in the spot you you went home in, I mean, the Bills kind of turtled in Kansas City in that first year in the championship game. And just didn't have any answers at all on either side of the ball. Um, last year, we know, like, what a blunder. That's only going to grow in magnitude, I think, the, you know, as, as years tick by. And another one just ticked by. So today's the day to say that. Um, and then today, they just had, they had, they had nothing. They had no answers. So, I, I mean, 
you know, I, I, I like slow and steady and consistency and continuity and all these things, but you're not getting what you need done in the biggest spots here. And, like, that's, that's sports. Like, you know, the other guys get paid too. Um, but I don't see the Bills getting an advantage really anywhere other than they've got, like, a RoboCop as a quarterback. Like, that's their edge. And I'm sorry, you're going to need to do better than that. By the way, do you know who the last Bills draft pick is that has made a Pro Bowl? I, I honestly don't. Wyatt Teller. You can have Allen, too. It's the same draft. But they've not had a player in the last four years of drafts make the Pro Bowl. Let's go to Les. Hi, Les. Hey, show up on Bulldog. Thank you guys so much for my call. I've been long-time listeners. I've been in Tennessee and uh, grew up in Tennessee since I was four years old. I've been a Bills fan. I've listened to you guys uh, out of state for over 20 years now. And I actually can gravitated to y'all's two shows because y'all have always uh, told it straight. You've never had, had rose-colored glasses, and I really do appreciate that. I'm going to ask you guys, just give me two minutes here. I've got an argument that I uh, would love to hear y'all's thoughts on. Um, and I'm not going to ask you how guys how you are doing because if you're like me and the rest of Bill's Mafia, we're in a horrible spot. So here it goes. Everything's on the table is what uh, Bulldog said. I couldn't agree more. We are wasting a generational talent right now at quarterback for Josh Allen. Um, if you look at our past five years, all our premium picks are on defense. If you look at the past two weeks, those premium picks that we, we, that we used, where's the pass rush against two backup uh, offensive linemen in my, Miami and Cincinnati? They were non-existent, okay? We're not building around number 17. Look at Kansas City. Every offseason, they're giving Mahomes weapons. Look at Burrow, Cincinnati. They, he went to uh, the GM two years ago and said, hey, I want Jamar Chase, okay? We have to build around number 17. But this is the main reason for my call, Sean McDermott, okay? If everything's on the table here, here's my argument that we have to take a real hard look and say, hey, is McDermott the guy for the future? Since under his leadership, 2019, Houston collapsed under McDermott. AFC Championship 2020, blown out in Kansas City. We were down two over two possessions. He's kicking field goals. Last year, 13 seconds. Okay? 13 seconds. We should have never let Brian Dayball leave the building. And so. You think last year they should have replaced McDermott with Dayball? That's the only way he wasn't leaving. So. 100%. You do? Okay. And I agree with you, Show, But I'm going to end you guys with this analogy that all my friends have known me on. I've said this past year, and I said this all season and last season. <clears throat> For my opinion, I think um, Sean McDermott was Doug Collins. If you look at MJ, Jerry Krause made the move. Doug Collins got the Bulls to, um, to the playoffs, never could get him over that hump. What did they do? They promoted Phil Jackson. Okay. So if you look at this year's playoffs, seven out of eight offensive head coaches uh, heading to this weekend had an offensive background. So my question to you too, it's just a thought, how can we go from good to great? I don't think we have the guy right now that's going to take us from good to great. I always respect your oh, show. Okay. I uh, hang up and listen. Thanks. I think they are great. I mean, how many games have they won? Yes, they have lost in the playoffs. That is common. And I'm not saying there aren't any flaws, but I think they are great. And you don't have the record McDermott has if that's not the case. Like, they have been really, really good. Um, This has to be processed and figured out. The Bengals are good or great, too. And so are the Chiefs. 
Like, there's not really a bad loss. The, the only thing that's bad, well, I don't, don't want to go too far. Today's a bad loss. I mean, the magnitude of it and the, the score, like, you scored 10 points I mean, they, get, today. Got, they got manhandled. And that, that, that is, there is some, some, look, there's two ways, I guess, well, maybe there's more than two, but two ways you can look at that is, like, you know, well, shame on every guy that just got their butt kicked, right? Like, you know, go, go win, go win, right? Um, but there's also drawing things up and having a plan for like what you know what is happening. What's your weakness? What's their strength? What are they doing to you? What can we do to them? And the Bills just did not have any answers today. Um, look, if if I'm going to say everything's on the table, then that has to mean discussing McDermott. Um, I, I I said earlier in, in in the week on our Buffalo show that it would take a really spectacular sort of loss, you know, like a real colossal beating to even have the conversation. I think today qualifies. I, I, I Look, I don't think he's in any trouble, and I don't want to replace him, but I think they need to make some changes on both sides of the ball because the, it, it isn't what, what they've got is letting them down in in these spots and that might just be your opponents too good for you but a part of the job is to figure out a way to offset that and too often this year it has looked like i I don't i don't i've got this guy at quarterback this should work and you know i know it's not that but that's that's what it looks like from the outside and i think they need especially on offense to to take a long hard look at that they definitely need a talent infusion I love the caller's first point here about the assets they have devoted to defense and what has it gotten them. I mean, yes, I know they didn't have Von Miller today. But in, in a, on a day like today, if you would have thought that Von Miller was going to get to Joe Burrow, I got news for you. It's, it's the same as, as Jerry Hughes trying to get to Patrick Mahomes in the 2020 AFC Championship game. It ain't going to happen. The ball's coming out. That's their plan. And you better have a way to figure out how to disrupt that in the secondary or with your with your linebackers. And too often today, Edmonds was turning the wrong way, and they just they just were not ever they just were never in it today. Pretty sure the caller's first point actually was how great we are. Oh well, sure. Well, that goes without saying. <laughs> Does it? Bengals win it 27-10. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog. This is the Buffalo Bills Radio Network.